1: Hello, everyone. This is Eric Cohn, the Deputy Editor and Chief Critic at IndieWire. You're about to listen to the very first special Emmys edition of Screen Talk, featuring our very own Ann Thompson, editor-at-large, and our executive editor in charge of all things TV, Michael Schneider. We just crossed the 100th episode of Screen Talk, and we'll continue to do the regular Screen Talk each week, in which Ann and I talk about all kinds of things related to movies and the developing Oscar buzz as it starts to gain momentum. But Emmys is a really different kind of beast, so we decided we'd give it its own special place. So please enjoy the very first Emmys Screen Talk, and our usual Screen Talk will be back later this week. Well, hello, Michael. Welcome to our first Emmy Screen Talk.
0: It's, it all begins. It all starts now, Anne. You, it's are the,
1: you are the podcast pro of all time. I'm <laughs> delighted that you're willing to add another one to your docket. Uh,
0: I'm a whore. When I see a microphone, <laughs> just click it on and we'll just talk, you know?
1: Well, in this case, I am going to defer to you in many ways because I am a newbie. I've been writing about how this new... Uh, I'm watching television like everyone else. That's, that's happening. But in terms of actually tracking the awards in a sort of analytical way, I'm finding that is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, look, yeah. just like the difference between eight thousand and eighteen thousand five hundred. Mm. and <laughs> You know, it's it's insane. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you know, to some degree it's it's funny and and I don't know much about the, the oscar world, so I'm sort of at the opposite disadvantage as you. Um but it to me, the, the Emmys always felt the most organic of any of the award shows. They, they got it right the most. We, we would constantly complain about the Emmys uh, year in and year out. But when you compare it to just some of the choices through the years at the Oscars and especially at the Grammys, the Emmys, you know, they don't always get it right, but they get it right a little more often, I would say. <laughs> I
1: feel like they go back to the same old same old all the time like you just know that unless there's a show that drops out like Mad Men or something you're going to get the same old shows
0: yeah, like yeah.
1: Modern Family give me a break. Yeah,
0: I mean part of the problem is you know unlike those other award shows it's it is the same contenders year after year and that that's where TV's a very different beast and there are some shows that really are good year in and year out. I mean I've been I I'm the first to say burn it all down if Modern Family ever wins again. But at the same time, it's still a pretty good show. It's still worthy of being a contender, being a part of the mix. Uh, you know, I think part of the problem has just been—you're right—they they get a little lazy with with the the once once someone's nominated once or wins once, they have a better shot at continuing that that streak.
1: And the other tendency seems to be that if they don't get in. In the first season, it's very difficult to get a purchase on a on a nomination later on.
0: Very difficult. Uh, and and again, you know, to, to some degree, I think people just, they're, they're set in their ways, they know what they like, and they're not going to change that. So to try to convince a massive body like that to suddenly overnight decide, oh, yeah, I'm going to start watching the Americans in season four. I mean it's just not realistic.
1: Well part of it is this we've all talked about this, you know, Jay Duplass went on and said that you know, tweeted there're just too many TV shows to even begin, you know, to watch them all. Um what we have now, though, it, I wonder, is is if if, if it isn't that if when you have such a big number of people and such a huge what is it four hundred eligible shows or something? Uh,
0: yeah, scripted. That, that's just scripted. Scripted. So, and we're not even talking
1: about reality yeah. talk shows. Bring, by the way,
0: bring in reality, and you're you're in the thousands. Oh
1: my God. So if you if you're really talking, you know, about that, it does feel like a popularity contest. It feels like what are the shows that all those people in in some kind of aggregate are really all going to watch.
0: Right. And so conceivably, that means the broader shows should have a leg up. That's not always the case, though. Uh, you know, it, it also, you know, it has a lot to do with buzz. You, you can't discount buzz. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. There, there's an alchemy, I think, to some of these shows where they have to be edgy, but not too edgy. Uh, they have to have some buzz, but they also have to have some of an audience, uh, but you know some of the biggest shows on television uh you know won't ever get a nomination at this point because there is so much competition so none of the nciss of the world no, will ever be nominated no
1: no no there has to be some classy element involved and and you know it it's good that that there's room i wonder if if the golden globes and the critics choice awards go, going to some shows like like mr robot you know whether that would make a difference
0: it's hard to say because you know we've seen you know the the golden globes especially i i don't know about critics choice i think it's still probably too small especially on the tv side they only started doing tv awards a couple of years ago and now they've remerged merged them with the film awards and so they're a little bit of an afterthought um but on the golden globes you have seen some some big swings from them uh you know two years in a row now cw stars have won major awards uh you know, the first year Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin uh, last year, and then this year Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Now, Rachel or, or uh, Gina Rodriguez, we thought for sure was a contender for an Emmy last year because she had won that Golden Globe. She wasn't even nominated. So, how do
1: you account for that? Either it has no impact or it wasn't something they liked in the first place.
0: It's a, you know, that that was one of those mysteries, honestly. Um, you know, maybe there is a third element of, you know, there are certain voters who wanted to snub their nose at what the Golden Globes chose and actually <laughs> aggressively didn't vote for her because of that. I don't know if it's that bad. But uh, that was an interesting one, and especially a year where, for the most part, the, the Emmys were, you know, much more diverse and... Um, much much more inclusive of, of big names like Viola Davis. Uh, that that was a that was a head scratcher. But, you know, you could argue also this is a much larger voting body and this probably explains it is, you know, so so popularity still is an element. People at least have to have seen the show. That's it. And Jane the Virgin great show critics love but not a lot of people have seen it, and especially as the TV Academy opens up its voting process, and, and now a mass the the, the big no body. No more little blue ribbon. No more committees. blue ribbon committees. It means that. You still, your show still needs to have been seen or at least be on the radar
1: well you're invited to all these FYC things, I, I've gone to a couple of them and sort of checked them out and what struck me about them, very different vibe from what you would get at the Academy or at the Guilds it really struck me as a kind of fan gathering that the people who showed up who were obviously members of the Academy, the TV Academy, were fans of the show
0: yeah, and, and, you know, that's been one of the big mysteries. You see a lot of these people who show up at every FYC event and you wonder how much are they there for the show? How much are they there for the free food? Because all these events have to be catered. Um, and, and you know, so how many of them are actually in the business? How many of them are unemployed? How many of them are just, you know, fans who like the show? Exactly. It feels very much like, uh, you know, a Paley Fest event or, you know, all these or, or Comic-Con. Um, which you know, there is something to be said for that. You know, it's it's you are bringing out these big stars and producers, and, and people want to celebrate the show. They want to talk about the show, uh, and there is a lot to talk about uh, because there is so much material to talk about. I think they just naturally end up morphing into Comic Con ish style panels because that's what everyone's sort of familiar with. That's 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 how they know these things go. But
1: it it feels like, I guess my sense was that they were already preaching to the choir, and it was just the number of people that could cram into that particular theater on that particular day. How much do all these events move the needle? And and there's a plethora of them. They are growing, and it just feels like the entire... I mean, it's not just me paying attention, other people are writing this, that the entire Emmy uh, universe has expanded.
0: Oh, the Emmy industrial complex has expanded... uh... It's it's huge. As a matter of fact, it's you know created jobs, plenty of jobs. I it's it's funny. I, I kind of I always wonder how far do I want to knock it because honestly, this ecosystem sort of helps the entire industry at this point. This awards we're ecosystem. In, we're
1: in the ecosystem and too. We're a
0: part of it. Uh, and, and so imagine if that ecosystem went away, it would have a chilling effect on this entire business. So we've built up this this. This world now that sort of needs to prop up the entire industry. I understand
1: the economy of it has outstripped the Oscars.
0: Which makes sense because, again, you're There's dealing more. with so much volume. And, and uh,
1: everybody's trying to get attention. Yeah,
0: and you've got constantly new outlets now coming out spending some serious cash. So Hulu. Hulu, Netflix. Did you see that Netflix box? That massive box. Somebody that they said sent it out?
1: weighed 14 pounds. Yeah. It's
0: a weapon. You could throw that thing and hurt someone with it. Uh, and, and of course, it's ironic because shouldn't they be streaming those shows? What is going on here? That's not how people watch Netflix. Never. So that that's an interesting uh, expenditure. But Netflix has they have a, a font of cash. They have a fountain of cash somewhere. I think it's in Ted Sarandis's nice. Uh, uh, Hancock Park home. It's just a fountain that he made that spits out cash. It's beautiful Well, but using... the question
1: is whether all that spent. And we've had this conversation on the Oscar side. It didn't matter how much they spent on *Beasts of No Nation*. It didn't right. have an impact. Well,
0: you know, and and so much of it is ego spends as well. As we know, a lot of these spends are they're built into contracts. So the billboards, the trade ads, a lot of things that you know, especially when you see a trade ad for a show that you're like, "Come on, that's just ridiculous." That's vanity. But that's vanity, and that's built into contracts. So you see a lot of that as well. The billboards, uh, you know, it's amusing because the majority of people driving by those billboards obviously aren't Emmy voters. But the thing is, now there's this FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. So everyone's got to be in the game or else what's wrong with your show? You know, why isn't your network or studio supporting your show? Why aren't we seeing billboards or ads? So it's, it's this, you know... Uh, domino effect pretty much. Now everyone's got to be in the game and everyone's spending all this money and doing these events, some of which are fun. You know, so some of them are doing some really fun events. But this circuit that you see now that that's just been built up over the past couple of years, it's also fascinating because, again, bring the trades into the mix. Now, everyone, if you're on a show, you have to do a, a group panel for THR, for Variety, for Deadline, for The Wrap. Uh, and, and we're the,
1: hauling a few people in for video <laughs> interviews. Exactly.
0: And, and don't forget IndieWire, of course, now we're in the mix. Uh, Vulture is in the mix this year. You know, a lot of consumer sites are in the mix now, too.
1: There's a lot of traffic in television.
0: Add that on top of all the events then as well. And not just events for shows, but then you also have these events that bring together different, uh, d- different potential nominees. So it's the actors all together and, uh, you know, or the actresses or the showrunners. And then some crafty people are even turning those panels into TV shows. Uh, you know, Variety has one that's on PBS. Uh, uh, THR has one, too. I, I think they're on Sundance. I, I'm not sure. I believe that's true. Yeah. but That's uh,
1: also true of the Oscars.
0: Yeah. So, and that's, I mean, Ann, you and I have been covering this for a while. That's that's a recent, uh, both on the Oscars and, and uh, on, on the Emmy side, that, that's a recent development that these things have become even larger than just... Uh, you know, campaigns.
1: But even though it's a reflection of the industry at large, and we've all been tracking the degree to which the great talent that's emerging on the film side is just going right over to television. Don't pass go. You know, don't collect two hundred dollars. You're you're in the TV business. That doesn't mean that the Emmys have the same cachet that the Oscars have. Or no, is I mean- it? changing it's
0: it's it's different I mean first off the Emmys obviously isn't the ratings grabber that that the Oscars is I mean Oscars is one of the biggest television uh, events of the year Uh, pretty much it's it's the Super Bowl and then the Oscars and then maybe a bunch of Walking Dead episodes Uh, Emmys not the same and and part of the problem with the Emmys is it's kind of this this stepchild of all the networks you know they rotate it every year so ABC has it one year CBS than NBC, than Fox. Uh, and so it's. You know, and the
1: networks are often uh, very much involved in paying for, for everything too, right? They sort of support the Emmy organization. Yeah, yeah. and
0: the, the license fee for the Emmys isn't nearly as big as, as the Oscars. It's bigger than it used to be, but because no one network owns it year after year, uh, and, and next year it's going to be on another network, you know, there's not this overwhelming need to. Uh, you know, push it hard or reinvent it. You know, it's, it's especially the Emmys come during the time of year where the networks are focused on launching their new shows. So they're not paying a ton of attention on the Emmys as a result. And so, and it's also, it comes at the end of the summer. It's just a different time of year, and it doesn't have quite that same, uh, you know, pomp and circumstance that that others do. But, it's still big to get an Emmy. And by the way, once you win an Emmy, you're always the Emmy winning or, or the Emmy nominated blink. So it's still very it's, it's still very important.
1: And there's so many of them that there's what three different shows.
0: Starting this year, Oh Anne, this is again, I love my friends at the TV Academy. But why? Why did they need to split the Creative Arts Emmys into two ceremonies?
1: Uh, I think there's three Governor's Balls. <laughs> yes.
0: Every night there's another Governor's Ball. I get why there's a Creative Arts Emmy and a Primetime Emmy, because obviously a lot of the Craft and a, a, a Below the Line Emmys, that doesn't make sense for the for the broadcast. But to split the Creative Arts into two, and basically, if you're covering this, you're going to have to go to both nights because they're mixing up the categories and they're, they're trying to weigh it equally. But... Then there's these uh, multiple balls. Uh, it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's really a lot, especially coming up at the end of the summer when everyone's sort of focused on the new on on the new shows.
1: So they've opened up the categories to seven in the major. So instead of five, it's yeah. seven.
0: Yeah, which so we've we've had this sort of uh, incremental change where forever it was five, five major nominees in in the the top categories: the uh, comedy, drama, uh, you know, miniseries, etc. Uh, a couple of years ago, they changed it to six because, you know, there's more content out there. So now they've expanded to seven, which is great. But uh, if you're going to seven, go to 10, go to 10. <laughs> it's a nice round number. And there's no shortage. Even if you have 10, there are going to be so many snubs, so many great shows like the Americans that are never going to be nominated. Uh, and and you know the Oscars went to ten, although they they kind of you know they go. They've back been and waffling. Forward. They're waffling on that, but TV there's there are even more yeah great contenders, and ten just makes sense. And by the way, ten just means that suddenly you have ten nominees duking it out. That means for for again the Emmy industrial complex more ads, more campaigning, more events, and if you want to really build this up and perhaps get. Uh, one or two outliers out there, maybe a couple of populist shows that, you know, the people love, that, uh, you know, your average Joe in, in Iowa loves, then 10 makes sense. I mean, that was the, that, that was the whole argument at the Oscars, right? Maybe it, with 10, then we'll get a, a popcorn movie or two in. And Which didn't
1: know, always happen. Didn't always
0: happen. And I don't know if it would happen on TV as well, but there would be more opportunities to maybe you know, sneak in a, a, a popcorn show that airs on one of the broadcasts. I'd networks. rather
1: see something of you know hugely high quality get in. Popcorn I'd like, can be high know, quality. I'd like to see Bloodline, for example, or 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 uh, you know what are some of my favorites yeah. uh yeah, but see see how Transparent does again this
0: time. Yeah, I mean, I'm you not know, worried. Transparent will It's going to be fine. Bloodline's a real contender as well. I mean, those shows are at least are on top of people's lists.
1: What would be some of the sort of uh, stretches that that wouldn't necessarily have a, a strong shot that might be, if there were more categories?
0: Uh, you know, I think on the comedy side especially, uh, you know, Fresh Off the Boat is a good example of such a well-crafted comedy that I love and I champion. But I kind of feel like it's, it's, it's still not, not in the zeitgeist as much, and, and especially because now there's so many great streaming and cable comedies that you know, those, those nominees push out the broadcast contenders. So I'm especially thinking broadcast. And honestly, it's the broadcast networks that air the, the Emmys. I, I would think they'd be in favor of 10 nominees because they'd get a better chance of maybe getting a, a nomination or two, which, you know, as, as we've seen, have become increasingly rare.
1: Well, I'm very curious to see how this all plays out. You and I are going to uh, do this every week. We're going to have Eric Cohn in and out of of the conversation as well. Um, And uh, we will dig into the categories. And we will will start to uh, explore what's going to actually happen uh, week by week. So stay tuned.